you're eating healthy, you're working out, you're trying to become the healthiest, most vibrant version of yourself, but that pesky sweet tooth keeps getting in your way and it's making you feel not so great about all of the healthy changes you've made. I'm Kate Richardson. I'm a registered dietitian who also has a sweet tooth. I love sugar. And today I'm going to share with you guys how to make sugar fit within a healthy diet. Oftentimes people are surprised that I like sugar and it's my weakness uh, because I'm a registered dietitian. And I guess people think that means I have no issues with food and no struggles. And that's not the case. I've had many struggles and I've come a long way. And sugar is one of those things that I have found peace with and balance with over the past few years. And I want to share with you guys not only the method that works for me, but the options that I give my clients because what works for me doesn't always work for everyone else. So in this episode, I'm going to share three approaches to making sugar fit within your diet. And at the end, I'll include my personal approach, as well as tips for someone who is currently in weight loss mode. Because some of these options might make more sense if you are just trying to eat healthier, um, maybe just look a little bit brighter, clear your skin, have more energy, feel good about what you're eating they'll make more sense for that. And then some of them are going to make more sense for if you're in weight loss mode. Of course, nutrition is very individualized. I might share these three options and none of them really resonate with you. Working with a dietitian can really help you figure out how to make sugar fit if you do want to make it fit at all. So option A, if you're going to eat sugar, eat it with or after a meal. And a meal means it needs to have a good source of protein, fiber, often from complex carbs, vegetables, fruits, starches like sweet potatoes, rolled oats, quinoa, brown rice, and healthy fats. So I'll say that again. A meal should have protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats because eating a balanced meal will help blunt some of the sugar absorption after you consume the sugar after that meal. So let's say that you come home from work and you're starving, and instead of grabbing something with protein, fiber, complex carbs, and healthy fat, like, I don't know, let's just say a Greek yogurt with berries and seeds, you go straight for the little prepackaged brownie bites that you bought. It's going to be a lot easier to just keep overeating those prepackaged brownies because there's nothing in your stomach to slow down that sugar absorption and make you feel full. Imagine how full you feel after eating a complete meal. Maybe it's a turkey burger on whole wheat with asparagus. You feel full after that meal. So you can go and have sugar and ideally have one piece one or two bites, whatever fits with your goals, and then stop and still feel satisfied because the worst feeling is playing tug of war in your brain uh, where you're like, don't eat that. Okay, but you deserve it. No, no, you're trying to lose weight. Don't eat that. No, no, no. It's so good. Just one more. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you're at war with yourself. So eating sugar with or after a balanced meal is key. I recommend eating the real thing, like actually eating whatever you want uh, not some sugar-free alternative. 
The reason being, if you eat a meal, let's just use that turkey burger on whole wheat with asparagus example, and then you really want a taste of something sweet, it's habitual for you, you enjoy it, whatever, and then you just eat some like sugar-free Russell Stover's thing, you may not feel satisfied, and then your brain is going to encourage you to continue scrounging around for something that actually satisfies you. So you might have three of these sugar-free Russell Stovers before you feel somewhat satisfied, or you could just have one actual, real, sugary, individually wrapped piece of whatever and stop there and feel satisfied. So that's option A, eat sugar with or after the meal. I guess I would say option A.2 <laughs> would be saving these for special occasions or dinners out. So maybe after a meal on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you don't eat sugar. But on Friday, when you go out to eat, after you order something filling and nutritious, you order a dessert that's really worth it for you. Or you go out for ice cream afterward. And ideally, the same principle comes into play. If you're full from an actually satisfying, balanced meal, you may not overeat or feel as prone to overeat whatever it is you're getting. This happened to me the other night. We went to Cheesecake Factory, which I haven't been to Cheesecake Factory since I was in high school. That was like the place to go before high school homecoming or like girls' nights. We'd go to the movies and Cheesecake Factory. It You had to be there. <laughs> all, the, all the millennials know you had to be there. And we had, uh, I think I had like grilled fish tacos, really tasty, really satisfying. And then of course we got cheesecake. It was so easy for me to eat just one third of that piece of cheesecake and then package up the rest and just eat on it throughout the weekend because I was full and satisfied and I wasn't trying to save room for dessert. I didn't order a boring salad or something that didn't have any carbohydrate in it or any fat in an attempt to make room for cheesecake. Uh, so I always just utilize this skill or uh, this technique when the dessert is actually worth it to me. Like the red velvet cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory was worth it for me. Ice cream, almost always worth it for me. Creme brulee, another special treat. Um, I also, when I'm not pregnant, count margaritas and cocktails as a dessert that's worth it. But if somebody's ordering pie or anything with like a key lime flavor, sorbet, that stuff just isn't worth it for me, so I'll skip it. So you can decide what's really worth it for you and save that for special occasions, still with or after a meal. Option B, eating something small with sugar every single day if you genuinely want it. Again, I would still do this after a meal, whether it's lunch or dinner, probably not breakfast, let's be honest. Um, this is the weeknight treat approach. This is really great for somebody who wants to neutralize their relationship with sugar. Perhaps they have tried option A before where they just save it on weekends, but this really heightens that um, like binge eating instinct or the scarcity mindset, meaning if they tell themselves they can only have dessert on Saturday, they're going to go crazy with the dessert on Saturday and just leave the restaurant feeling uncomfortably full. So if you're trying to neutralize your relationship to sugar, no matter if you're in weight loss mode or if you are just trying to have a healthier relationship with food or just feel a little bit better, it can actually be helpful to pre-plan a small bite of sweets or sugar every single day, 
knowing that you don't have to have it every day, but you give yourself permission to eat it every day. I had a client who did this and it really scared her at first, the idea of eating chocolate after dinner every single night. And the first week she ate a relatively large serving of chocolate. And then slowly she just kind of tapered off and only took a little piece now and then when she really wanted it because now she could have sugar whenever she wanted. It didn't have the same power over her. So with these, I typically recommend that they are small, maybe having less than 10 grams of added sugar, just so you're getting a bite or a hit of sweet. For a lot of people, this is also a great way to signal to their brain that the meal is done. You ever eat a meal and feel kind of sad <laughs> that your plate's gone and it's over? Having a little bite of sugar is a great way to end the meal and keep you from snacking or getting seconds or doing whatever it is. So some examples that I send to clients who really want a healthier sweet alternative or a weeknight sweet would be those Yasso bars. They're made from Greek yogurt. They're in the freezer aisle. Delicious. Most of them only have about 100 calories. The Outshine fruit bars are awesome. If you like fruity desserts, they have no added sugar. During my first trimester when I was nauseous, all I wanted was something cold, something that uh, would settle my stomach and kind of help with that nausea. I would have these Outshine fruit bars on deck. They really helped me feel better. And then they had no added sugar, so guilt-free. Uh, another good option is to have a little thing of Greek yogurt and to put some berries or whipped cream on top, make it like a little protein sweet dessert. One or two bites of, well, everyone says dark chocolate, but really whatever chocolate you want. Like, sure, if you like dark chocolate, great. But if you really like like milk chocolate or hazelnut, do whatever you want. Whatever is going to satisfy you and help your brain stop thinking about sugar, go with that. I had a client send me a picture of Trufu and ask me if those were healthy. Yes, I've never had them. They look great. They're just like chocolate covered cherries. I think they have other fruit varieties. Amazing. Um, put a little bit in your hand, have a little bite or two of sweet after dinner. Sounds good to me. Some that I ha have tried that I'm not a huge fan of are like the Skinny Cow ice cream sandwiches. I got a pack of those the other day because they were buy one, get one. They just like weren't good. They were only 100 calories, but I don't know. I wouldn't buy them again. I also don't buy anything with artificial sweeteners like sucralose or sugar alcohols. They don't satisfy me. They taste sweet, but afterward my brain is like still looking for sugar. So I just avoid anything that's zero sugar or sugar free. Oh, another one that I actually really like. I, I don't, I wouldn't really eat this as a dessert per se, but I've gotten them and I like them. They're called midday munchies, midday snacks, midday squares, <laughs> sorry, midday squares. Um, they're just zero, zero added sugar, but they're made from cocoa. Um, they're like little peanut butter or chocolate bites. I found those to be really good and I could buy one little square and eat it two different times. So that's option B giving yourself a little bit of sweet every single day, and then noticing if that helps you not overeat sugar in excess when you do have dessert. And then option C is to eliminate sugar completely. This is not the answer for everyone, but it's the answer for a good chunk of people. I have had a lot of clients tell me that when they take a break from sugar 
and they focus on eating more foods that they really like that are naturally sweetened, meaning they're eating more fruit, they're eating more healthy proteins, more complex carbs, because maybe they were trying to eat no carbs, and by adding in carbs from more healthy sources, their sweet tooth isn't as powerful. Um, But by eating less sugar overall, they had a reduction in cravings for this. This is um, like where, have you ever heard the expression where the body is going to crave what you give it? Well, if you continuously give it sugar, this theory is that your body is going to continue craving sugar and asking sugar. I see this method work for people. It's not for me. It's not my preferred method. I know that if I eliminate sugar, I'm going to inevitably overeat it. I have accepted that I like sugar. I have accepted that I have a sweet tooth. It's just way easier for me to work it into my diet than eliminate it. But I am going to acknowledge that a lot of people, especially people who, I wouldn't say they're perfectionists because I don't really want people who are perfectionists to take this approach, but a lot of like entrepreneurs and people who just go really hard at everything, find that they do a great job at eliminating sugar. However, I do see this pattern a lot with really high achievers where they'll eliminate sugar for like 30 days and then they eat like a whopping serving of it and then they go back to eliminating it. They're still going to have like a big overeating episode of sugar or maybe like an relative to them they're overeating it, um, but they're able to flip that switch on and off instead of letting it snowball. So again, not the answer for everyone, but it is an answer. So I'm going to share my personal approach with you. Um, It's definitely not option C, like I said. I prefer small bites of sugar most days, whenever I want it, um, which is not every day, but most days, and then a bigger serving of a more decadent sweet at a special occasion, which happens usually maybe two two times a month probably more like three since I've been pregnant I'm just hungrier and have an appetite for more like I'll finish my entree and still be like genuinely hungry and so when we're out to eat a dessert makes sense but that's my approach I allow myself to make sugar part of my everyday eating because it keeps it controlled I think about all the food I eat in a day if I look at all the food I'm eating in 24 hours Somewhere between 85 and 90% of it is nutritious, it's healthy, it's balanced, it's great for me, and then the other 10 or 15% is either lacking in nutrients or high in sugar. So what? Who cares? That for me is a great balance. I know that makes other people feel really anxious, but I love to take that 80-20-90-10 approach and making sugar just part of my everyday diet in small portions works for me. I will tell you, it did take me a long time to get here because like I shared, uh, I share this all the time. I was a chronic yo-yo dieter. I would restrict and then binge and restrict and binge. Like that was the pattern that I would fall into and I would restrict sugar for a long period of time. And then when I inevitably ate sugar again, because it just shows up in our life. You can't avoid it. You're at a party, you're at an event, you're at a restaurant and you're really hungry or you're driving down the road and you see a sign for steak and shake milkshakes and you're like, I don't even like steak and shake, but that looks delicious. That's the pattern that I would fall in where I would restrict it and then sugar would be on a pedestal and I'd overeat it. So allowing myself chocolate or a little sweet every single day makes it so easy for me to go to places like the Cheesecake Factory and take three or four bites of cheesecake and then pack up the rest for later. Like that specific slice of cheesecake I got myself, I made that last three days. Um, It was easy because I don't overeat it. 
Personally, I also notice that with me and sugar, I like to experience that first bite over and over again. So with the cheesecake, the first bite was just like amazing. And with that dessert, there's like a few different angles. If you've, <laughs> if you've ever gone to the Cheesecake Factory, you know, like the side of the cheesecake is a different flavor. And then they put that whipped cream on there. Sorry if I'm making you hungry. But the first bites from these different angles are the most euphoric, best bites. And then the more you eat a dessert by like bite six or seven, it's just not as good anymore. So for me, if I can bundle that little cake up and then after lunch the next day, have a few bites and then after dinner the next day, finish it, that's really great for me because I get to experience that euphoria over and over again and look forward to it. Again, this took a lot of practice for me. But neutralizing my relationship with sugar by including it every day has helped me actually enjoy sugar way more than I did before. For somebody who is in weight loss mode, like let's say you've got a lot of weight to lose and you're battling the sugar dragon, I think my approach could work for a lot of people. Um, It may feel really hard at first where you introduce sugar every day and you binge it every day for a week or two weeks, but I promise you it will neutralize and you'll get better as long, and I'm serious, as long as the rest of your diet is on point. And that's why you should work with a dietitian because we will make sure you're eating enough protein, you're eating enough fiber so that you're not binging or overeating the sugar. However, a lot of other people, when they're in weight loss mode and they're hitting it hard, it's just easier to create restrictions and boundaries around sugar. That's the reality. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Everyone's very scared of this restrictive word. But to get to a goal, like a a big weight loss goal, you have to make some sacrifices. And this can look so many different ways. So if before you were eating ice cream after dinner every single night, it was just your ritual that you did with your family, we got to knock that out. We either have to replace that with something really small or we have to make compromises in your diet elsewhere that won't also trigger you to overeat sugar. Like we're not skipping breakfast. We're not skipping lunch to make room for ice cream after dinner. We're front loading your nutrition and eating a smaller serving of sugar or no sugar at all to help you get to your weight loss goal. So for example, this could be if you're in weight loss mode and you know that Saturday you're going out for your anniversary and you are going to get your restaurant's favorite, I don't know, molten lava cake. At dinner, you dial in because you're in weight loss mode and you order the salmon and broccoli. You skip the carbohydrate because you know you're going to eat that carbohydrate afterward, but you're sharing it with your partner. So there's a balanced approach to make sugar work. That's not something you'd want to do every single day. Every single day, I'd rather you have the salmon, the broccoli, and a big old thing of brown rice or quinoa, something that actually is fibrous, filling, and more calorie controlled. Or if you're in weight loss mode and you really want a sweet, you order a skinny margarita with your shrimp fajitas, not before, with, so you're not getting a blood sugar spike and then crash, and then you skip the chips and churros. It's all about balance and making sacrifices. So working with a dietitian can help you figure out how to plan for those special events, but I do believe that when you're in weight loss mode, we have to be a bit more diligent about restrictions and boundaries, and that's the reality of it. And this isn't just weight loss mode. If you're also trying to reverse insulin resistance, or maybe you have high blood sugar, perhaps you have PCOS and you're anxious or right on the border of having some elevated blood sugar labs, then yes, when we're in this get healthy mode, 
we do have to create boundaries and restrictions. Don't be afraid. It's not the end of the world. We will find other things to eat more of so that you enjoy your diet. So these were the three options I usually present to clients and personalize them to their own lifestyle. I hope this gave you some insights, some ideas, and I would love to hear if any of these options work for you. Shoot us a message on Instagram, nutrition.awareness, and just let us know how you make sugar fit within your healthy diet. It may be completely different than what I said, or you might have tried one of these options and found it really worked. I can't wait to hear from you, and I will see you guys later. Hey, before you switch over to your next podcast or move to a music playlist, I wanted to remind you guys who are struggling with New Year's resolutions, eating healthy, and reaching your goals that we are accepting applications for the Nutrition Awareness Daily Accountability Program. We call it DAP, D-A-P, Daily Accountability Program. It's awesome. It's where for 30 days you speak to me or one of the other dietitians at Nutrition Awareness every single day to help you stay accountable to your long-term goals. In this program, you can expect to have someone in your corner helping you create targeted and specific goals that will help you reach your ultimate health outcomes. So we'll start the daily accountability program off with an initial consultation where we create a game plan. You're going to get actionable advice from your dietitian, you'll know what to eat, how to eat, how to make it happen. And most importantly, we'll discuss the habits that you need to focus on to help you actually stick to your goals. And then throughout the daily accountability program, we're going to hold you accountable to those habits every single day. Yeah, Monday through Sunday, we're working on weekends, people, we're going to help you stay accountable. You can chat with us via text, audio, and video messaging on our DAP platform. But this program is incredible because it makes it impossible for you to fail or give up. Because let's be honest, when you start off with an intention to be healthier, to live better, you go through a bit of a honeymoon phase where you feel very motivated, but somewhere along the line, whether it's work, travel, vacation, a long day at work, the kids, the weekend, you find it hard to stick it through. So we don't let you do that through the daily accountability program. We help you plan, problem solve, and build healthy habits so at the end of the 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, however long you choose to do the daily accountability program, you will feel confident that you have the tools to be successful for life. I want you to know how to get to your long-term goals instead of racing to the finish line, trying to lose 20 pounds or get your A1C down really, really fast. No, we're going to do, do things slow and sustainable. We'll get you results while teaching you how to sustain them. So we only take a handful of applications every month, and it just depends on which dietitian you're working with and how many clients we're currently seeing. I'm going to put the link to apply directly in our show notes here, but you can find the application on our website. So I encourage you to visit our website, nutritionawareness.com, read about me, read about Megan, read about Serena, all of our dietitians, and then you can apply to the daily accountability program directly from our website. If you decide that you want to work with a dietitian, but the daily accountability program feels like a lot, don't worry, we have other coaching options for you. We just require all of our new clients to start off with that initial consultation 
you can book that directly on our website. No matter what you do, you will leave that call with a game plan. We are local to Orlando, Central Florida, and we do take virtual clients worldwide. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. I will link the website and application below, and we hope to see your application come through.